you've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker, one story at a time. I'm Calvin, and I've seen a lot of Star Wars, including some Star Wars that Wyatt has not seen yet. Yes, Calvin is now winning. I'm Wyatt. I've seen a lot of Star Wars, but I have not watched this week's Andor because I'm being a good friend. Well, I had no one to watch it with, so I went ahead and watched it. What up? I'm Andy. I haven't seen Andor. Ah. Yeah, they're they're being a. But it's the one that's named after you. Bit of that's true. Yeah, Andy (laughs) is being a good a good podcast host and committing to the bit of uh having not seen star wars until they're watching it for the podcast so even though they technically can't because andor does as we've established take place in 5 bby yeah it takes place right now yeah in right you know circa right now over on another part of the galaxy cassie and andor is is doing some uh some shenanigans and i cannot wait i honestly cannot wait to talk about these first three episodes of andor um, because they have some really fun roots in, um, in uh, American history, the plot. And that was uh, really cool to talk yeah, about. Yeah, surprise, with my mom. folks. This is now an A Push podcast. You're back in high school. Might, yeah, it could be. It could be. But it's not quite an A Push podcast yet because we are not talking about Andor season one, episodes one to three yet. We are talking actually about Star Wars Rebels season one episodes 10 wait, through 12. Wait, I just want to say- I, <laughs> I was going to say, say, Andy's going to explode. I'm going to lose my mind. People people say to me all the time, they're like, they're like, what is Andy short for? And I kind of just come up with different things because- <laughs> It's never <laughs> it's the same It's not really thing. short. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's like, oh, like my grandmother's name was Antoinette. Oh, my grandmother's name was Antonia. Like, that's what it's short for. But it's not. It's, it's and I'm going to start telling people like, it's short for Andor- <laughs> Actually, <laughs> hello, honestly, my name is Andor. Yeah, honestly, retroactively naming yourself about Cassie and Andor is a good move. You don't know Cassie and Andor yet. Yeah, I don't know this character at all, so I but, think that'd be um, hilarious. But um, once you do, I think that it will it will be fun for you to retroactively name yourself after Cassie and Andor. Andor, yeah. Maybe this is how your like uh, your subliminal messaging to Disney finally got through, and they uh, they didn't give you yeah, a job yet, but it. they they misheard and okay, we got to make the and Andy's Andor series. That's what the, that's what I'm hearing in my head. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. So what what are we All watching? Right. Yes, this we week watched it on First Steps Star Wars podcast. We are watching Re- Star Wars Rebels season one episodes ten through twelve, Path of the Jedi. Idiot's Array, and Vision of Hope. But before we get into the episode discussion, Andy, who shall we assign a D&D class to? Did we do Zeb? Did we already do Zeb? I mean, we offhandedly mentioned yeah, him Yeah, I was going to say, because I feel like we mentioned him, but I was like, we didn't really dive in. So I'm yeah. like, no. let's just get out of the way. Let's do Zeb. Because yeah. I think Zeb is through and through like a barbarian. Like my guy, he's a big, buff, brute man. I do think, yeah, I, but I think he's different. I think you're right. He's different than fighter, which I feel like would be the easiest class for him. Just, oh, yeah, Zeb's their Zeb's their fighter. 
but because he does, he, he we have seen him several times go into a rage, never really at the enemy, but uh, at Ezra and Chopper. I feel like that counts for the D&D rage action. Barbarian he's just with so a heart of gold. Strong. He's just so strong. He's strong like bull. Like yeah. Bull. I, people always talk in like football, American football, about when they get in fights, how stupid it is that they try to punch each other when they're all wearing huge helmets. Um, so I, I respect Zeb even more for just being like, yeah, I punch people wearing helmets and they go down. He's a big yeah. boy. So, yeah, I figured, yeah, since we mes- uh, uh, since we mentioned him a little bit last week, I was like, let's let's just do Zeb. Let's yeah. Um, cool. And now let's talk about Path of the Jedi. Yeah. So in Path of the Jedi. Pretty straightforward. Kanan and Ezra go and visit the Jedi Temple on Lothal. We establish that there's a Jedi Temple on Lothal. Uh, they go visit it. Ezra has some funky visions because the Force is testing him. And then at the end, Ezra and Kanan have both had a, you know, illuminating conversation with Yoda, of all people. And Ezra gets his Kyber crystal and makes a lightsaber. The staple gun. It's a blaster also, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's insane. Love that. Um, yeah, it almost there's like there's some Star Wars stories in Legends that were set in the distant past that had like funky lightsabers. And this really feels like an extension of that where it's like it's taking the lightsaber further away from just being a laser sword. And I yeah. like that. Yeah. And like, you know, it's we're going into different styles of swords, too. Like, you know, here we've got a I mean, like this reminds me a lot more of a cutlass than it does like, you know, a regular broadsword or um, katana or anything like that. So, yep, it's it's short like Ezra. It's a very Ezra kind of I feel like a cutlass is the kind of sword. Yeah, that they call it out in the episode where they're like, this is the Ezra is thing we've seen. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I actually really like that. And they've actually they've done a really good job at establishing Ezra's character strong enough that we watch it and go, yeah, that is the Ezra's thing to ever happen. <laughs> of course, he builds a blaster into his lightsaber. He's a little shit. Yeah, but that's at the end. That of is the at episode. the end. end of the episode. At the beginning, Kanan is chilling out in his room, meditating. And Ezra's late for Jedi practice because he was fucking around with Sabine. Platonically. Yeah. Platonically exploring each other's bodies. <laughs> Don't say that. No, no, they were not. I know. Yeah, I'm not, not. I'm not a fan of that ship. Really, neither am I. And uh, I just had. I couldn't resist. The, the Twitter thing. brain so jumped funny. out. So yeah. funny. Oh, anyway, uh, um, but no. But it's a big deal that he missed Jedi practice because he. If you remember our episode from last week, he touched the dark side. Yeah. Ezra did not Kanan. So he's yeah, and he also like he's already he's trying to like recommit himself to Jedi training. He's just bad at punctuality. Yeah, yeah. and that's obviously kind of getting to him. And so yep. you know they go to the temple, and you know. Kanan, I really like that Kanan like kind of lets Ezra take the reins there. He's like, you know, he clearly sees that Ezra needs to get gain more confidence in his own abilities, especially with the light side of the force. So, yeah, it's yeah. fun. 
Kanan's teaching style is a fun thing that develops because we've we're watching him go away from the style he learned as, which we spent five seasons discussing how limiting and bad like the the Jedi Order was. Yeah. And yes. Rebels is, I think, one of my favorite versions of the Jedi training story that Star Wars does so often. A master and an apprentice. And part of that is because Kanan lets Ezra be Ezra. He doesn't try to force once he figures it out, he doesn't try to force like you need to be a Jedi like we were like the good old days. He's like, no, this is these are difficult times. You need to be able to survive in the now. Yeah, I mean, it's cool because he lets Ezra like he wants Ezra to figure shit out on his own. But he's also like always there. Like he knew that there was a Jedi temple or not a Jedi temple on the Thal, but he he knew that something was there. So being like, sense it kid figure it out i'm not gonna help you and then it's like nah he knew where this bitch was the whole time because like, that's that the way that ezra nice learns touch. best yeah because he's grown up learning skills himself so of course ezra's gonna need to figure things out for himself yes i mean sure he has kanan to nut to, to push him in the right direction get him started tell him you know what he what's got to happen but it's up to ezra to figure it out for himself yeah, and I mean, that's how, like, I knew right away that when Kanan showed up in the temple, like, because they go in the temple, they're like, okay, there's 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 a bug near me. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> they're, like, in the temple, and they see the dead guys or whatever, and Kanan's like, okay, go in there, Ezra. I'm not going in with you. And then Ezra does go in and then Kanan follows him. I knew right away. I was like, this is fake. This is an illusion. <laughs> because I was like, Kanan has faith in Ezra. And also he knows the best way to teach Ezra is to give him the like support he needs in order to like explore and learn on his own. Yeah. And Kanan has I don't it's like he's shocked when Ezra gets his crystal. But this is a a sort of lightsaber test episode. Yeah. It's exactly like that one in in, uh, in Clone Wars with the Jedi kids. Yeah. Where like, this is Ezra's trial to face alone. This is something every Jedi's done. This is something Kanan did back when he was Caleb. And uh, he like gets, he lets Ezra, he listens to the Force. He listens to, uh, well, he listens to Yoda uh, <laughs> in the Force. Uh, fun fact, uh, this is not a guy who voiced Yoda in Clone Wars. This is original Yoda actor Frank Oz back in Star oh, Wars. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's he hadn't really done the role in a while because Star as good as Clone Wars was, Lucasfilm and Star Wars was fading from the cultural zeitgeist. But by the time Rebels happened, uh, they but bought by Disney and uh, the sequels had been announced and shit was really ramping back up again. So they were able to go get uh, Frank Oz for this. And as good as Tom Kane does as Yoda in the Clone Wars, I really love the original Yoda voice, and I thought he was fantastic, even in a voice-only cameo. Absolutely, I'm trying to think of like what were the what were the best little bits? Because yeah. right, like he Ezra was having this vision, these these illusions, these visions of like the the Inquisitor and Kanan and whatever, and then he was back on the ship, and they were like, "We don't like Ezra. We pity Ezra." I don't know. That stuff was fine. Like, it was cool. But I, I think do, just... It, oh, what? Sabine's horror movie scream when she gets murdered 
still oh, cracks me up. I That's know. my clearest uh, no knock on Tia Sirkar, who is a fantastic both actor and voice actor. But that's where I'm like, oh, she really still hasn't figured it out yet. Her and Taylor Gray are still like working on this. I've always kind of read that as like, you know, kind of moments where you can kind of tell where it's kind of like, yeah, you know, a clue that this is supposed to be fake. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, number one, Kanan's acting super fucking off in in that scene where yep. the vision of Kanan comes back. and He's like, I didn't have faith in you at all. Is this really what you're doing? It sounds, you know, a lot of the dialogue there is reminiscent of the intrusive thoughts that Ezra is having about himself. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good, it's it's like, it's a fine enough episode of television that because you are not eight, you figure out immediately. So yes. I feel like this is one of those where it's like, okay, I know the plot. I now have to watch the plot, which makes it, I think, a little less fun for us 20 somethings. Mm. But it is a really good look at like, I don't want to call it mental health, but it is touching on a lot of mental health issues and insecurities for Ezra, where I really like it as an allegory. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's because he's got to in order to be able to connect to the force more fully and connect more to the light side of the force, he's got to be at peace with himself. Yeah. Yes. Like this whole trial is himself going into his psyche and, you know, bad, you know, battling his insecurities. He's not scared of the Inquisitor so much as he is the power that the dark side holds over the Inquisitor and that he has touched like it is he 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 knows the power of the dark side. So he sees. So what does is the first thing that uh, the manifestation of the dark side do in the temple? Kill Kanan. Yeah. So it's like because it's it's also mixing with Ezra's potent and real and incredibly justified fear of loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where like he finds a new family and instead of starting like a farm or a store, they are doing the most dangerous thing they can possibly doing, rebelling against the totalitarian <laughs> government. So he's always freaked Which out. Which is that he's exactly gonna... how he lost his actual marriage. Yeah. So he's freaked out that he's going to lose. He's freaked out that he's going to lose everybody or that they're going to get rid of him. Yeah. Somebody give Ezra a hug. I know, truly. But so much of the dark side like feeds on doubt. Yeah. I feel like. And, and feeds on that insecurity and i feel like that is honestly one of the hardest obstacles to overcome for a fucking teenager you know how don't be insecure don't doubt yourself when you're a teen well yeah and Bro. think about i mean like this is the exact same position that anakin was put in like yes. Ezra's a little bit older than anakin was but still they were both older than your average Jedi goes to the temple. You know, Ezra is one of the few force sensitive people left. So he is probably feeling some insecurities about having to have the responsibility of just being one of the few Jedi. You know, Anakin is has been told for, you know, basically his entire past, his entire life since he joined the Jedi that he was the chosen one. The so he's got one. that giant responsibility on him. Like they're both fighting insecurities and it's going to be fun to see not insecurities but you know what i mean they're both fighting doubts and fears and yeah things and that like how can i live up to my potential interesting how just to see how their paths are similar and how their paths diverge and well i think it's really interesting to get this my episode. lego omega just arrived sorry yeah <laughs> i ordered a tiny little omega to go with the bad batch because she's finally out oh. and it arrived sorry i derailed the podcast <laughs> yeah no. it's uh, technically um, relevant we're gonna cover bad batch <laughs> eventually I I really um what was I saying? 
Oh, I really like that we get to see Kanan's teaching style because, and we're obviously going to see so much of it because that's a major plot point of yeah. the series. But I, it's it's, a, it's, it's cool the start because... of the running thread, though. That's like really the first time we see it, and I love it. I, I it's one of my favorite things. Sorry to interrupt. But the thing is, is like not to be mean to Kanan, but he isn't a Jedi. What no, do you think about it? It's great. Kanan's not a Jedi Knight. He's not a fucking Jedi. He's a he never he's a Padawan still. This and is I essentially that like crazy. letting a college freshman teach elementary school. Yes, yes, exactly. And but it's also but it's not like nice little elementary school kids. It's a fucking teenager who's mean with the knowledge of an elementary student. <laughs> not that yeah, not that not that Ezra's mean, too. but he can be a little mean. But also like it's it's double tough for Kanan because he's having to teach Ezra. He doesn't really know what Ezra knows instinctually. So it's tough to like, do we do we start you on basic lightsaber training or do I be like or, or not? He's like connect with an animal like yeah. a, a, a more of like a tap into the force rather than learn the basics, uh, which is funny because they're still not explaining the basics of the force to you. Um, yeah, but actually uh, th that's oh wait, finish that, Wyatt. Sorry. No, it was just I, I am waiting for the ex there's two great explanations of the force in two original trilogy movies yeah and they are they have been referenced before but like the whole speech really explains like what just what george lucas wanted audience to know the force is and we we still don't give a i would love it's gonna to... be a year two years like yeah two years so. two years um but i would absolutely love to hear andy kind of pontificate some about like what the force is based on what we have seen so far. Like we've seen so many different aspects of it. You just haven't gotten the regular definition. So I just want to give Andy just like a couple of minutes of. <laughs> I'm impressed that you said pontificate. I'm like astonished. I learned that like, word from Cloud damn. Atlas. It's one of my damn. favorite movies ever. But Andy. <laughs> yes, I will. I will. Okay, so my sort of like deal with the force. <laughs> oh man, how do I even like. So the force is a, it's not like a entity, like it's not a god in the sense of like a one all-knowing being, but more of like uh, the, the, like, Man, I don't know. It's like the vibes that connect us, you know? It's like the the So I don't know. I can understand what that you do is a with the very, force. That's like not to what I think Calvin and I should not explain the force <laughs> to you, but that's no. basically a good understanding of it. Yeah. Especially for a normal person in the galaxy. Like Jedi can obviously tap into the force yeah. more, but like it really is the vibes that connect us. Yeah. Yeah. But Andy, go on. Well, so that's sort of like how I have an understanding of it. It is like you can move things with the force because the force can connect you. The force connects you to the world. So including objects. So I envision it more of like, I'm not like levitating whatever, but like I am using the force in order to like alter my connection with an object, you're using your vibes. You're using your vibes to like. I mean, get this things. is not not how Dave Filoni explains the force. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, well, it's 
it's me and Dave Filoni share one mind, actually. Yeah, he has a good. You haven't seen the specific Han Solo bit, but he has a bit about Han Solo using the Force as he flies the Falcon. Like how, and and it applies to Hera here as well. It's our sort of our non-Force sensitive pilot who does supernatural things with a starship. Yeah, but that's the thing is, it's like. We say like force sensitive, but to to some extent, it's like everybody is force sensitive. You yeah, know, everyone a- is attuned to the force. Just some people are able to like connect to it on a different level than yeah. others. But everyone that is term, connected to it. That term force sensitive yeah. is so pervasive throughout. It's been yeah. in Star Wars forever, but it's never really been right in legends, in the movies, in the new stuff. Because that's never how George Lucas explained the force, but it ended up in in stories. I, I I don't know if it's ever it probably got said in Clone Wars is the only place it would have been said on screen. Uh, and now we're talking about like. Kids who have the like that Vader says the children of the force at the very beginning of Rebels uh, or the children of the Jedi or something like that. The children um, of the force. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say Jedi didn't really have kids. Um, and children of the Jedi is an unrelated whacked out early Star Wars Legends book. Well, I think that I Children had a hand me down copy of Children of the Forest is I is like an episode title either from the arc in Clone Wars where it's later Cad in Rebels. Bane, it's later in Rebels. That was going to yeah. be my opposite. I feel like it's I've heard Children of the Forest before though. Yeah, it's 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 one of those it's a common it's it's I feel like it's it it pops up in Star Wars sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's a yeah. Also, thing I, I think did... that I found our episode title, The Vibes <laughs> That Connect Us. Yes. The Vibes That Connect Us. I I've... did want... Oh, sorry, you go. I was just going to say, but like, this is the thing, is like, I feel like there's so much more to be explored with the Star Wars universe in relation to the Force outside of Jedi. And I feel like, yes, but like thinking about the things that they've done like TV show wise and movie wise, they've really only done like Jedi things and then like Rebels things. And I would really like something that like, like, yes, we have the Night Sisters and I would love, I would love, I would eat up a movie about the Night Sisters, but I just want more. Like there's got to be other ways of interacting with the force that we don't know about and that haven't been explored and that yeah. we should just make up, you know? There's, so that's what there I will want. be some the Disney era has been really good for introducing new force traditions. We're going to get some uh, later in the in the this sort of rebellion era that this I is think why you should really play Jedi Fallen Order. But also, um, what was I going to say? Uh, visions. That's what I was thinking. Star Wars visions, non-canon, but has some of the most inventive takes on the force in Star Wars ever. Yeah. And at this point, now that you've gotten past Revenge of the Sith and have like know about order 66 yes <laughs> like you can watch visions all for some now. reason like half the visions shorts are set like right after order 66 in whatever version of star wars they're telling which really cracked me up uh just because they were all different anime companies going i want a jedi in the dark times and uh it just is so funny because then we got rebels doing that we had jedi fallen order do it we have kenobi everybody loves telling the sad jedi post all their friends died well it is a very rich part of the time yeah. oh yeah it's like, fantastic. i mean like the, the era leading up to the original trail you know the rebellion all that that's just like a very mm-hmm. you know it, it it goes back to the originalness of star wars but it's you know it's still 
it doesn't feel like it's copying like as much as you know i won't say that that's a that's a conversation for like three three four years later on <laughs> watching force awakens <laughs> oh my god crazy yeah um yeah i did want to say sort of on a completely different thing is that w- i really in my rewatches of rebels have really like the stuff they do with Lothal as our primary planet. And this is the yes. first time we, we go to the snowy part of Lothal, which is my favorite. I love the like snow on the ground around the temple design that they do for this episode. Um, uh, and for some and reason, it's not it, even a lot of snow. It seems like it's coming out of winter. Yeah. Uh, it's very like, spring, you know, it's, but interesting. Like when you, you know, mentioned that and my mind started, pontificating on that um it's that is not what that word means like, like or, I don't think. <laughs> shut up um i'm about to pontificate some yeah was my here's point. the pontificating here's the pontification i'm you know anyway. <laughs> i depontificated so, you snow on snow on the ground it turns to spring the snow melts away you know pretty rapidly you know because it's getting warm that's exactly like the jedi have done but there's still a little bit of snow on the ground around the temple because there are still Jedi out there. Boom, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Voice just cracked. Yeah, I did that on purpose. I can do that. I can crack my voice at will. Do it again. Boom. I don't like that at no, all. I said I could do it and then I couldn't do it. Um, yeah. Do we have to talk about this episode anymore? Or can we move to the next one? I mean, uh, there's, you know, I mean, the Yoda conversation is pretty fun. We talked oh, about Yoda I forgot we didn't him, talk about that. You know, the the Frank Oz aspect of it, but like Yoda, Yoda has two. There was a voice crack. Yoda has <laughs> two. What I really love about this scene, it's incredibly superficial, but like the two conversations are intercut, and it. <laughs> makes me feel like Yoda is having the two conversations at the exact same time. Like it's two halves of Yoda's brain talking to them at the same time. And I like to think that Yoda is powerful enough to do that. To carry on two individual He's conversations. He's also bored enough to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he can carry on two individual conversations across, you know, thousands and millions and billions of light years of distance, probably. Um, and... Yeah, this is actually a fun thing to think about in reaction to, or in like relation to Kenobi now, because we've seen more of Obi-Wan and Bail Organa, the, the, the survivors from Revenge of the Sith who were charged with the twins. But Yoda is not watching a Skywalker twin. So it's fun to see him. It, it's just sort of been assumed he just was being sad. But I like that he is sort of keeping an eye out for ripples in the force like Kanan and Ezra. Because there's no reason that Yoda would ignore all these people, even if they're they like are protecting the Skywalker twins and and as the kids of Anakin, they'll be presumably the most powerful when they grow up. But I really like that Yoda people called this like a shoehorned in or like a, a forced cameo, I believe, when it first happened uh, because people were not happy about Rebels. Um, and. I completely disagree. Like, I think this is this really fits for where Yoda is now and a, and a good sort of thing to keep him going, really, is knowing that a kid who was born after Yoda failed by about 10 minutes <laughs> is still trying to keep the old ways alive and become a Jedi. Well, I think the thing, too, is like Yoda cares about 
everybody, you know? Like, he's not the kind of teacher that would, like... I don't know. I feel like we've seen him teach in um, Clone Wars. We saw him at the... And he's in the episode where the kids, the Padawans, get their yep. their crystals. And it's like, he genuinely cares about each and every... Uh, they're not Padawans. They're younglings, I yeah. guess. Well, and that's part of the reason why he does it, because he cares so much about the order that he lo- he loves seeing every single person pass under. It's why he t- trains the younglings. He likes to he likes to teach he and wants kids. to teach as many people as possible. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's you one know, of my, kids it's my are the favorite minds. It's my favorite aspect of Yoda's character. Truly amazing. Yeah. The mind of a child is exactly it's it's it, it's what keeps him from being a boring old wizard. Basically, that and the fact that he's a frog, but <laughs> and and if anything, I feel like Yoda would be especially interested in Ezra or because Ezra had to grow up with without being a kid. You know, Ezra didn't yeah. get to be a kid for a long, long time. So I feel like Yoda would be particularly interested in in him and in helping to guide him because he knows that Ezra could easily get lost, but I feel like he also feels bad. Like, not, he doesn't pity Ezra, but he, like, I can't imagine, I feel like it's gotta hurt Yoda's heart to see Ezra um, struggling. Yeah. But he's a gentle guide. He's a he's a gentle guide, a and gentle I think, guide. like... He's like, oh, revenge is the way of the Jedi. Hmm? But yeah. he's like, no, it's not like that. It's, he's, Yoda would be such a good therapist if he ever quit being a teacher. Oh my god, I know. Yeah. That was so cool. That was literally such a good moment. I really enjoyed Yoda being here and I felt like it was kind of perfect. Especially because I was like, like he was he was in the Clone Wars episode episode where the the kids got their kyber crystal and now he's here again. I like the Yoda stuff in yeah. Rebels. It's you know good. what I just thought of also? Yoda going to the gather every gathering because I'm sure he does that. That's I, I'm sure that's his favorite thing to do is go to is do the gathering. Yeah, that's, he gets to do that ice joke every yeah. single time and it's funny every time. Yeah. That's it's it's like um it's like, you know, teachers, elementary school and middle school teachers um going to their kids' high school graduation. Yeah. Or well, no, it's it's like teachers going to their high school graduation. Yep. Like yeah. I, I remember when I was going through the high school graduation, like all of all of the senior year teachers were like in the lobby of the auditorium as we were filing in, and that was just like it was really nice. Patty Worsham, you don't listen to this, but I love you. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, all right. So then all right. Ray. Yes. Yes. Yo, guys, this is crazy. <laughs> Lando fucking Calrissian episode. shows up. I was like, "You're there's no way." And then, and then when Zeb was like, "I swear he's cheating," I was like, "Yeah, he did." Um, yeah, yeah. It's funny okay. too. Hold on, let me do the um, let me do the the recap. Gotcha. Oh right, yeah. So, uh, Kanan and Zeb, quote unquote, accidentally bat chopper away to a mysterious stranger this mysterious stranger is revealed to be none other than lando fucking calrissian who in order to get chopper back recruits the ghost crew for a mission where they meet as morrigan and he sells Hera as a slave she escapes they have a uh, they find a blow up um truffle sniffing pig and 
then as Morgan confronts them and they, you know, Lando and the ghost crew kind of scam each other and they leave having become friends, kind of. So yeah. Lando Calrissian is here. That was just crazy. Like that reveal was so insane for me that I, I like had to I had to like go back and be like, there's no way I heard that right. Uh, and I did. And it was him. And he's here. And it makes sense. He's just yeah, he's, he's, fun. he's doing his he's kind of gotten into smuggling and he's and, and here's the thing. Lando Calrissian is voiced in Rebels by the actor who played him in the original trilogy, Billy D. Billy D. Williams. And not Donald Glover because they hadn't made Solo yet. <laughs> yes. And also probably because would Donald Glover have done a kid or would they have been able to get Donald Glover for a random episode in a kid's show? Depends how bored he was. Yeah, true. But um, so like, what do you think of Lando from what we see him just in this episode of Rebels? Versus Donald Glover Lando from Solo. He he's not. I I like Donald Glover more. I had more fun with Donald Glover, but he was fun in this episode. I I don't know. I feel like it was just like I don't feel like I learned anything from this episode. Like I don't feel like I. No, this was this was just for the goofs. There, yeah, there was no plot. Yes, this yeah. Is, and that, that's that's fine. So was fight or flight. I like I think those two these two episodes of the season are very fun because it's yeah. just a caper. Yeah. This is a side quest. This is the DM's pet NPC, Lando Calrissian, and they've been dying to use him. So the, the nothing to do with the plot. It's just a it's just a goof mission. It was fun. It was. Yeah, it was. I, I don't even have like that much to say about it. It was fun. I liked him being in this. I like that we got some Hera stuff. Yes. I love this. This was a better Hera showcase episode than Out of Darkness was. This (laughs) this also is, I think, the first time that I really noticed Chopper um, in the series because Chopper's (laughs) just kind of there. But in this moment, Chopper gets in this episode, Chopper gets his fun moments. He is being nice to Lando when he's normally a dick to the rest of the ghost crew. Um, this is, I think it was in this episode was when I first noticed he's like doing a little arm flexy moment. Chopper's hands crack me up every time. Yeah. Every time I'm watching this with my partner, I just like, like, he'll wave, he'll like, he'll, he'll do his little fighty move. And it's so funny to me. I don't know why. Just giving R2-D2 a pair of like useless T-Rex arms beat comedy. I like, I like that Hera for a lot of this episode, while it's a great showcase for her like she as like an active character. I like that she is actively like making them deal with it the whole time. Like she's playing along to be like, you guys bet chopper and now we're in trouble and I'm not going to mom's not going to bail you out of this this time. Also, I yeah. it every time that Kanan flies the ghost in this series is funny to me. And this time him being kind of shit at it, like compared to Hera. Yeah. Even though it wasn't really his fault, but he's like super stressed. He looked he looked like a, a uh, he looked like a first time driver. Yeah. Trying to run the blockade because yeah. he knows if he fucks it up, he's never going to hear the end of this from Hera. I mean, like, this is very much, they're, you know, dad is driving the kids. They're so married. They're so married. And they and the kids are just screaming at each other in the background. And the dad is like, I just 
need to get to soccer practice so that I can offload <laughs> these kids onto their coach and I can go sit on the side for a moment and not I just worry need to about get to anything. soccer practice so I can get this smuggling over with. Well, it was just so like. Yeah, the vibes were immaculate. Yeah, really like the family. It really was like the family vibes. And and Ezra's just kind of being like a little shit. And remember, and I really like the moment where where Zeb's like, oh, yeah, like I bet Chopper. And then Ezra's like, good thing yeah. I wasn't there. You want to bet me? And Zeb's like, uh, you would not have covered the pot. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's that's funny. I also <laughs> this is this is my favorite ver- like use of Ezra's useless crush on Sabine where Lando notices it and starts like being weird. So like people have flagged that up as like Lando being weird at a teenager, but he's clearly fucking with all of them. Like he's just yeah. trying to pit them against each other. Yeah. So like, and it's just because Billy D Williams, even at like 65 still sounds like the smoothest man to ever live. Yeah. So like Lando Calrissian is a pansexual, like, I love an him. asterisk like sh- uh, like I one of the reasons that I really like the novel Shadow of the Sith, which Andy, you can't read yet, is because we just. Oh, did they double down on it? Yeah. Fuck yeah, because John Kasdan really fucked that shit up when Solo came out and was like, yeah, pansexual means fucking droids. It was so bad. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, he's, you know, got what? His, he, he's at that part in the he, he's at a certain point in his character arc where, you know. Uh, but still, he is. So, Andy, just backstory on this. You know how Disney does that first gay character every all the time. Yeah. Star Wars yeah. did one of these where the writer of Solo said that Lando was Pan, and he is. It's it's part of his character. He and he as he's like a ladies' man, but obviously an all genders man. But you know that yeah. the archetype of the ladies' man, and it obviously wasn't present in the movie because it was about his relationship with L three, which. There's jokes about it being romantic, but it's the movie never really like confirms that or not. No, it, it always is uncomfortable to me because it, it feels like they're mocking L3 for being delusional. Um, it's one of the many uncomfortable L3 things. But when asked like, hey, writer, where was pansexual Lando in this movie? He's like, oh, it's his relationship with L3. And it's like, ah, the optics of this are not great, man. Um so that it always makes me laugh in like a sort of stupid way every time someone says Pan Lando. So I'm glad they doubled down on it in further canon stuff. Yeah. Good for him. Some of us are droid fuckers, and I think you have to just I respect be okay that. With it. I'm not I have no problem with that. But it was just the it was the IRL stuff that was weird. The canon stuff has never been a problem, like in universe. Yeah. It was about the optics of the in the. Uh, yes, 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 yes. But what was presented to to us, the audience. But glad to hear that. Uh, glad to hear that Canon Lando can fucking get it. Yeah, he does. Uh, I was going to say something. Fuck. I'll just fill it with random facts while you think as Morrigan is a rejected job of the hut design. Oh, really? Um, That's cool. He's also um, voiced by absolute legend James, James Hong. Hong. I love James Hong. Uh, 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 esteemed character actor James Hong. You know, been in many esteemed, things. Esteemed, still working character actor yeah. James Hong. He's like ninety five and spry and loves being like because he's a bit part. Like he he doesn't really play ma- major characters. Yeah, I will always. And- I will always, always, always. He, yeah, he's been in a bunch of things. He is in the Kung Fu Panda series. He was in Mulan. That's what I think of. Yeah, 
I think of Mulan. He's the advisor. Um, I, I think of him as that. But I will always remember him in his seminal role as the host in the Seinfeld episode, The Chinese Restaurant. Where yeah. He plays the host at the Chinese restaurant. I also, it's sort of funny, like, this is a trend in Rebels. So Rebels introduced Visago early on and was like, he's going to be our underworld guy. He's our he's our pirate. And then they've started introducing better characters. <laughs> I feel bad for Visago because eventually he does. I think it's in season two. He has one line that makes me laugh. I think it's the hardest I ever laughed at this show. Um, But he's just not very good. And I, I like as Morgan is is kind of annoying and creepy, but he's a fun little caper villain. I like his bug-eyed soldiers. They've got to be a concept design, too. Everything in Rebels is a repurposed concept design. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about yeah. this episode. It's yeah, just... Yeah, that's really it. It's like, It was... We talked... To, I mentioned uh, when I said Yoda was... An, people thought Yoda was an unnecessary cameo. Oh, boy, did they think Lando Calrissian had no business being on this uh, dumb little <laughs> kid show. But he's perfect. Yeah, it's like it's, he, a, it's such a good story. It's a one-off character. Him. It's you know he has. It makes complete sense that he it would be him, and I think that you know, I mean like would the audience have um disliked it as much if it was just a random character in the same like you know who fulfilled the same story purpose as Lando did? It was just a random dude given them a job. If it was just Visago. If it was just Visago, yeah. No, well, so that's the thing is Star Wars fans are dumb and wrong. Yeah, you can quote me on this. Well, Star Wars fans, you know, capitalized with a trademark after it, you know, because we're we're toxic Star Wars fans, not Star Wars fans who listen to our podcast because our podcast is is our podcast is is like vehemently pro fun, which is sort of the thing that these particular fans have. We're we like fight or flight, which is the everyone's least favorite Rebels episode. Yeah. Yeah. We're, well, the also, the, the, we the, yeah. we, we're the bad boys of the We gave that we each gave that like a two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. And then shit talked out of darkness out of for darkness. 40 minutes. That I I still think the funniest hour of podcasting we ever did was our just brutal dissection of Shadow Warrior from Clone Wars. <laughs> we were we were so mean. <laughs> and then we just kept we we spent like the rest of the season Every time we were like, oh, this wasn't great. We were like, better than Shatter Warrior. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also because like that <laughs> podcast episode was Shadow Warrior and then the two droid episodes and then the Umbara arc. So like, you know, we were like, yes, we wanted to get to Umbara to discuss it. But like Shadow yeah, Warrior. Yeah, we derailed ourselves be- getting to the point because we were like, this was so shit. We spent like so long. Yeah. And it yeah. still stand- it holds up as some of the worst star wars content ever and it's too bad because like there's really nothing wrong with it it's just bleh like it's not it's not bad in the same way that like the room is bad or like i don't know god i can't think of anything bad <laughs> all right we gotta get back yeah. on track um, all right next episode. you know i love it oh, at the end how they kind of swindle each other like chopper stole the fuel but lando kept the credits and at the end he is you know, monologuing to the pig. Um, he's like, of course I let them keep the gas. That's why I didn't give them the credits. And I'm like, that's fun. That's very Lando-y, I feel like, because he does it does the Calrissian sort of feel... Chronicles. He does the Calrissian Chronicles. Yeah. He's like... And 
the talking to the pig bit really feels more like Donald Glover's Lando. Yeah. Then. Well, I mean, that's where else. they I'm pretty sure that's where they introduced the concept of the Calrissian Chronicles where he, I mean, Donald Glover's Lando is very, you know, leaning up on the dash legs up on the dashboard of the Falcon narrating his life story into. Yep. You know, I also like that he's uh, as a good thing, just a, a check in on the character. He's down on his luck. No ship. No no land, no nothing. He he's scamming small time weirdos in a backwater planet. Um, but you really, know he is Lando Calrissian is a resourceful man. He will yeah. claw himself up by his bootstraps, and yeah, he just does it slay. over and over and, and over. And you know, slay. You know, what he does, he may not have a ship or a droid girlfriend anymore. But what he does have is an extensive an extensive collection of capes and which we cannot yes. animate because rebels budget is in the toilet. That's so true. no cape for you this episode. Oh, no capes. Okay. Okay. Vision of hope, please. Let's talk about it. Yes. Vision of hope. <laughs> Have so, you seen the episode where, uh, where Ahsoka has those visions about aura Singh? you're going to watch it again. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Ezra, you know, the, the ghost crew meet up with Senator Gal Travis who, is revealed to be an imperial spy who because of course rebels. he was yeah yeah i mean i, I don't really remember liked it last episode when i was like you know kind of trying to get you to talk about gall travis but i couldn't say anything without like spoiling it so i just kind of was like so gall travis what a character but now he's like he's a just a background ass. plot device until this I, I think it's so funny he's so unimportant in the grand scheme of things it's just i think the i think it's funny that the rebels here it shows how much like how little information they have about the galaxy at large they don't know that like because as per the trailers for andor and the cut stuff from revenge of the sith mon mothma and bail organa are the shit stirrers like we know that they 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 are fucking up stuff in the imperial senate so like who's gall travis I also like that we don't learn what he's senator of. Who I knows? know. Well, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, he's. I, I, I mean, I feel like he's, he's a character. I mean, maybe Lethal would know. be a. Oh, that's actually really. I have never thought of that. They made up Gall Travis. He's just a. He's just a guy. Yeah, I mean, in the huh. you know private information network of Lethal. Well, no, because Fulcrum knows about him. Yeah, I think but he's an also, actual senator. How does Fulcrum not? Well, yeah, yeah, no, Fulcrum would know. Um, that it, if Gal Travis was an actual senator or not. Um, but... Yeah, he's just he just turned train. He turned train coat, turned traitor. I, I combined turncoat and traitor into train coat <laughs> and is like on the Empire's dollar. He's also voiced by a distinguished Star Trek alum, Brent yes. Spiner, who plays Data. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, when Clone Wars season one had George Takei on super annoying voice, which is not Brent Spiner's normal voice, I think. So I I, I always find Gal Travis incredibly annoying and respect the voice acting. Yeah. That's the work of a good voice actor. More hint, this this episode has more hints of what of like Ezra fucking around with Sabine right at the very beginning. Yeah. Annoying, annoying, annoying. Yeah, and Sabine, later on in the episodes, when they're in the sewers, Sabine's like, I know what you smell like. And I'm like, that is what? odd. Yeah. I, yeah, Not I funny, think funny, haha. Funny, weird. Funny, well, weird. Honestly, 
you know those teenage girls that looked like Sabine back in the day? They would have said some shit like that. She's yeah. still cringe, even though she likes to think she's cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is definitely cringe Sabine. And I, I it's fun. I know she gets like better stuff, but I, I, I do kind of I wish they had figured her out a little earlier because I like cringe teenage Sabine. It works well with Ezra's Ezra-ness. And I wish they decided they were going to be friends earlier. I like that they brought back that kid, that kid from that other episode yep. who yeah, is. That's, who I was going to say, is we do see, we do see uh, Zara Leonis one more time, um, which I forgot about. Honestly, he gets me every time. I forget he's there. It was cool. It was cool seeing him. I was like, yes, yes, bring him back. Um, yeah, and it works too because he's just still at the Imperial Academy looking for his sister because he wasn't the Force sensitive one. I like yeah. that. I like that as like the Inquisitor didn't get anybody he left probably yelled at those two imperial officers dumb and dumber but (sighs) yeah and then i'm trying to think like what what about this did i want to talk about one thing that i just how they get their information from fulcrum always rubs me the wrong way or like not how they get their information in this episode specifically it's because Hera says, you know, Hera's like, oh, Fulcrum says that he always includes hints about where he's going to be speaking yeah. in his thing yeah. that only locals are going to know. But then how does Fulcrum not know that Gal Travis, like how, like, I don't know, maybe just, there's it's just smoke, being there's not fire yet. Yeah, basically. there's smoke and like there are dots to be connected, but. But also, Fulcrum I feel is like not connecting those dots. And no, that feels also, like an oversight on Fulcrum's part. Yeah, but I think and I think Andor is going to show this. Uh, I don't know because I haven't watched it yet, but it's a brutal time to be a rebel. They are getting killed all over the place. So you have this like you have a a, a ghost crew on another planet. <laughs> yeah, where Gal Travis visits point, and they it's see it's only fomenting pockets of fomenting. Yep, they. I'm sorry. That I think line that, in, and in the Andor, it's in the Andor trailer that always cracked me up. Anyway, go on, Wyatt. It's like, I think it's just too much of a coincidence. And I would bet that like Fulcrum might have suspicions. I would think that Fulcrum has suspicions about everyone. Um, you don't get to be a shadowy secret spy master without not trusting anybody. And Currently, Gal Tra- Travis's thing is that he's still alive, um, which ends up being the red flag because but but is like super important to an early rebellion. He could be a powerful ally and he's managed to stay alive. So he's got to be doing something right. And it's until this episode, which I also think is kind of funny that like. I guess. He needed to kill them, but he like sort of gives it up a little too easily. I think he thinks they were going to get got, but yeah, he's like, you foiled my evil plan. Like a I Scooby-Doo mean, you villain. kind of have to wonder how much. Imperial people like Agent Callus and Minister Tua know about the Gaul Travis ploy. Tua doesn't know. Gal- Callus does would be my guess. Yeah, it's like because I mean, Callus. it's clearly a plot to yeah i guess if callus knows because it's a plot to lure them out but the travis specifically says that everyone has accidents after he leaves so like he plants 
I don't know, a bomb on their ship or something. Maybe he always orchestrates a um, Imperials run, but, you know, they always run to a ship. They, they always escape in a ship. Travis plants a bomb or something. I don't know. I'm. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't really. I, I would assume Callus knew just because he knew where to go. Yeah. Callus is not a local. He knew where to go. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of part of the plan. But I would I would not imagine that a lot of people know Callus is Imperial Security Bureau. So he's he's essentially a spy. He's good at keeping secrets. I do like Hera's speech to Ezra at the end, just about like they have to keep going. I think it's a good it's just a good restatement of the thesis statement of the show in Hera's lovely voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was honestly like a very sad episode. I feel like I feel like that's why I'm, I'm like struggling. It to is a downer. My feelings, especially it's, because like we haven't met any allies yet. But poor Ezra, like he. They're all him and he talked so much, I feel like, about how it like gave him hope and all of these things. And and especially because it's like this is what his parents yep. like what they were doing. It's exactly what they were doing. Basically, Travis's broadcasts. And so it's just like, ouch, ouch, ouch. Like, this is such a heartbreaking episode. Um, and, it, like, and Ezra really know. wants it to be true. Like, Hera has clocked this fairly early yeah. on and needs yeah. proof. But Ezra the whole time wants it to be true. Yeah. So, and like, I, I but I love that because... He is a child and like she is an adult, you know, like she is an adult who has seen some shit. And I really like that Ezra is able to be naive and trusting and make mistakes like this, even though he has also seen some shit. I don't know. He has not seen the same shit. Yeah, he hasn't seen the same shit. And like he's. He's very naive in the world of like politics and rebellion stuff. He like. He understands not to trust somebody on the street, but he doesn't understand don't trust a senator who says he's your friend. Yeah. So it's just sad. It's sad. I really love Hera, though. Like, this was another episode that just like, oh, man, I really, really love Hera. Yeah, Hera doesn't often get spotlight episodes, but she is often the standout secondary character. Yeah. Like if this is an episode about Ezra and Ezra sort of like learning the unreliable unreliability, both of force visions and of potential allies. But Hera is definitely the featured secondary character. And I think that I really like that choice as opposed to it being Kanan. I don't know, but there's just something about Hera. With Kanan, that, like, it would be mumbo jumbo Jedi. got a bad feeling about this bullshit. But with Hera, it's about her reading people. Yeah. And, and I, being smart. I really like that. Honestly, like, yeah, the, the all of the Rebels cast feel so Star Wars to me. Like, they they were brand new. They were some of the first characters under the Disney era. And then we got to watch them. And it's like, oh, it's I, it feels like these guys have been here the entire time. How I, it's like I it's hard for me to imagine Star Wars without Hera. Sorry, I just pulled up the the like reveal and like Ezra's face in the background. Also, Gal Travis, so he had a, I got to say. That man had a suspicious mustache. That's not a trustworthy yeah. mustache. So true. You can't, so true. You can't trust somebody like that. No, and he was acting sussy. Like, he was acting... He was so sus. So, like, I get it. It is the most sort of wink nod at the audience, at, like, uh, with this stuff, where it's like... It, it, 
it, he's a very hammy villain, I think. And it's yeah. kind of fun. I love a hammy villain. And and for a one off, it's it's I'm glad he I'm sort of glad he's done as a recurring character, though, really, like as like a, a thing, because. Uh, uh, yes, and I like I, do I find like, him annoying. I like the contrast of like who he is versus what he's presenting as not in like good guy, bad guy, but in. They think that he is this like strong guy who, against all odds, is defying the I must call them the capital. Wow, um, the <laughs> the empire, and Hunger Games brain, <laughs> Hunger Games brain. But in reality, he is weak willed. Like he is a sad loser. Like it's you. Like yeah, sure, he's helping the empire, but he's really only helping the empire because he's a fucking loser yeah. and can't stand up. So it's like it's an interesting contrast. Um, I do and sort I, of wonder, like, what what kind of trouble did he get into to that he has to do this to stay in the good graces of the empire? Yeah, like because we see that he's not suited to it. Like he is, he must have done some shit to like be like, okay, you maybe he and maybe at one point he was like. Working against the empire, he was he was working against them, but he was obviously only doing it for himself. And they're like, "Well, we can kill you, or you can help us find rebels." Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like he had to have been doing something selfish. It would have been, you know, yep. smuggling or something, but for his own gain. Every time I see his name written out, I do like read Gail Travis <laughs> because it's yeah. just so close to to really normal human names so it cracks me up star wars uh, names are so funny though like not gonna lie they're they're silly oh yeah and there's an art to like there are some authors like who have because star people have been writing star wars books for 30 years and i think the modern crop is pretty good at it but there's some authors who get it and some authors who don't and it's funny to see how like the different understandings of it is it really star wars names are simple they're not overly complicated sci-fi names they're simple and they're nonsense but they gotta have like this good sound when you say them they 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 almost sound like a name yeah kane and jarris harrison doula sabine wren zabarellios ezra bridger they could be weirdos in your political science class yeah yeah Anyway, that's all I have to say, I think. Yeah, I'm super excited for the episodes we have coming up. Yeah. This <laughs> is, yeah. This is the so, sort of like I circled it on the calendar episode of of us doing the Rebels uh, podcast. I'm yeah. so excited. As we were saying, next week on the first steps a Star Wars podcast. We are watching the season one finale of Rebels, the final three episodes. Season one, episodes 13 through 15, Call it's to Action, shit. Rebel Resolve, and Fire Across the Galaxy. Woo, we're almost there. Yep. And then and after that, we get to Andor. Andor. <laughs> that'll actually add that'll be fun i'm excited to i'm excited to make the switch after it's just sort of be like okay we've got one story of rebellion let's go see another. yeah we get a we, we get a you know break between seasons yeah, yeah and also yep. it's good i feel like the end of rebel season one and the the sort of promise of rebel season two was a very sort of annoying wait in real life and uh when it aired 
So it is a fun feeling to port onto Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys think you could come up with a Star Wars name like right now? Think of one. Zephyr. Zephyr does not. No, 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 no. Zephyr madness. Zephyr madness. (laughs) No. Oh, man. I was like, guys, we got it. No. Wyatt, do you have one? No, I keep coming back to Dev Morgan. Like everything comes back to like it. it, All I had was Trip as a first name. Yeah, I have a first name. I can't think of a last name. I think of Zeph. Zeph? Zeph. Like Jeff, but with a Z. Zeph? Yeah, that could work. Trip, trip. I went to I went to school Zeph? with a guy named Lef Lefferts. Trip Lefferts would no kind, no yeah, that's, no because Trip if I do Lefferts that's the Earth thing and then I have to have a, a sci-fi first name so like Trip Lefarious Zeph Moon Rider okay sorry um anyway. well that's the thing is that the, every joke Star Wars name ends up with like a ends up doing Skywalker again yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, um, anyway, honestly, Calvin, you know, what's a perfect Star Wars name? Dash Rendar. What's Dash Rendar from? Oh, my God. You don't know Dash Rendar from Shadows of the Empire? Old Legends guy like knockoff Han Solo. No, it's so funny. Uh, Wow. But but he's like (laughs) shitty old Legends fans love him. And uh, he but but Dash Rendar is a good Star Wars name. I'm literally yeah. like so upset. I'm like Grinvy Tulos, like come up with a name. <laughs> I'm just gonna- somebody on Twitter <laughs> pointed mean- out that at one point in Clone Wars, there's somebody named Senator Stonks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay. It's, uh- <laughs> it's so, but like it predates the meme or Senator I'm Stonk. Yeah, that yeah is Senator so Stonk funny. is an Ithorian. <laughs> okay. Who, well, okay. Okay. It's so Thank good. you for listening to our podcast. Hey, hit us up with some good Star Wars names, please. Yeah. Well, hit us up. Like, like if you're doing, uh, you know, Star Tell them, Wars put it on Twitter. Play. and Yeah. Well, no, we'll, we'll, we'll read some of our favorites yeah. on the podcast we'll next some, episode. DM us. Um, we'll put up a little a little banner in our Instagram um, thing, you know, the ask us a question feature, you know. Add us. Give us some Star Wars names. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. Bye. May the force say be may with the force you. <laughs> Swag. <laughs> I was like, you have to say it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles and you can rate and review us on apple podcast thank you guys for listening thank you thanks a lot